Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for an a recap and a recap. That's a new word now. Of and, re, and a recap. And a recap of 24. I apparently sound like Tony from Survivor. <laughs> he loves 24. <laughs> Don't be a llama and watch 24. Woo. Watch uh, a 24. And a recap of a 24. Oh, great start. Um, episode 13 of season one, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. I think Colin mentioned last time we're into the p.m.s now. I'm going to slide into your p.m.s. Uh, this first aired on the 26th of February, 2002. It was written by Andrea Newman, directed by Stephen Hopkins. And if I'm uh, assuming Andrea Newman's gender correctly, is this the first episode written by a female? No, Andrew Newman wrote episode seven. So uh, there you go. No, oh. we just didn't even know that. And again, if uh, Andrew Newman's a man, then I just assumed their gender. <laughs> so I apologize. I don't know where I'm going with this. How about I go into the beginning? My name is Ben and I like you, Colin. I really do. And my name is Colin and shut up. <laughs> oh, don't yell at me. I just said I liked you. Damn it. <laughs> Um, it's not- just a recap, a recap. <laughs> it's not the most quotable episode, this one in the world. Um, no. <laughs> just uh, hence why we struggled with some pretty shitty ones there. But uh, this is a this is an episode of Twenty Four. It exists. It is. Um, stuff happens. Jack yells, "Damn it!" Um, <laughs> David pins someone against a wall. Um, <laughs> Nina and Tony are going to fornicate afterwards. Um, <laughs> Terry gets lost. Um, and we lose one of our beloved uh, characters who sadly does die. Our first, I guess, major character dies in this episode. Um, Walsh. I know, not Walsh. So sad. Uh, Alberta, not Alberta. Um, yeah, this episode, Colin. It's, a, it's an episode of 24. Hey, it's, a, it's a recap, but a recap of the 24. Uh, <laughs> we're more quotable in the first three minutes of this recap than this episode is. Uh, nothing wrong with this episode at all, but uh, I did finish it. By the way, it took me Good not job. three full. Well, not three I'm full. Glad you got through it. <laughs> well, I called it another episode. You only get twenty minutes in, and you give up. <laughs> there is more of a story behind that. Um, so uh, a couple of days ago, I was watching this. Um, like I'd say, seventy-five percent of my nights. Somebody wakes me up in the middle of the night crying or whining, and I'm Sorry. such a white sleeper, I can't get back to sleep. And yeah, it's usually Ben. <laughs> and I'm like, just delete my number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ringing up um, 2 a.m. Well, why didn't we do this episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's morning, and I'm crying. <laughs> 
So I was thinking you die another day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I couldn't sleep. So I, I popped this on, started watching it, started trying to take notes, drifted off, uh, woke up with Ira Gaines dying. So I think I better go back. I think I missed a few minutes here. Uh, watched it again, fell asleep again, went back, uh, forced myself to stay awake to watch the episode. Uh, I think I could have gotten the gist of it if I had fallen asleep the first time with that missing 10 minutes. Uh, really, I think the only way I could really sum up this episode when it finished is I thought to myself, you know, last week was so good. This is just sort of, and afterwards, you know, the epilogue to last week. Most of it's unnecessary. Most of it could have been done just in the last few minutes of the previous episode. If last week and this week were combined into a 24 redemption style movie, this would have been great. But I think all the meat of this story was last week and this is the leftovers. I think you can definitely tell that they're coming to the end of this sort of 13 episode run after the pilot and okay, what are we going to do from this point on? It's not going to be as completely structured as we get in future seasons where we've constantly said, you know, it's kind of a a story of three parts. And we mentioned last week, obviously it was a halfway point and this week it's kind of, you know, moving past that because, you know, particularly the way this episode ends, you you feel like everything's wrapped up in this episode. Like you legitimately Mm -hmm. feel that's the end to which they all of a sudden dangle this little carrot right at the end. It's like, no, no, there's another shooter. Um, which No, no. (laughs) No, no, I'm 2D and I need to stop the shooter. Um, And there's a massive problem around that. There's a big plot hole uh, with this shooter arriving, but um, we'll, we'll get to that. But no, I agree with you. I think it's kind of... You could have easily just had a lot of what happens at the, particularly the beginning here at the end. And I almost think we can just get through the Jack stuff straight away. This ep- yeah. Famous last words here on the Oz Network. <laughs> it's our favorite. We're going to have this as a t-shirt. We're literally going to say this episode won't take long. Um, <laughs> this shouldn't take long. <laughs> this shouldn't take long. Our famous words on this show. I mean, our last episode did go under an hour. I'm confident that this will go the same way. Um so we, we pick up with Jack and uh, he's blown up a van. Terry and Kim are lost. They're seeing smoke in the distance. Uh, Jack's helping Rick. Uh, you know, it reminds, Rick reminds you of C-3PO. Um, is, it, <laughs> is it a new hope when like C-3PO is like, I'm done for, so leave me be. And like Luke's yeah. like, what sort of talk is that? Come on. <laughs> um, like that's what Help, Rick I is. I think I'm melting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Rick. And I don't think it's even Rick. It's, no, it is Rick. I'm thinking, I forgot his name. No, it is Rick. Dan's dong is dead. Um, yeah. Rick is basically, he falls to the ground here. He's like, ah, I can't help it. He's, I'm slowing you down. And Dick Jack, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> what does he basically say? He's like, yes, you are slowing me down. Just suck it up and get going. He's like, speed up. Like, compassionate jack <laughs> he's he's still the shotgun dad here like i really like shotgun dad jack like it doesn't matter how many of my family members lives you save i'm still gonna treat you like garbage rick but it's so true because when we get to the water tower he's just basically giving him like a lecture like you kidnap my daughter you have to live with that and what does he say he's like listen son part of owning responsibility <laughs> is accepting the actions that you took like oh you know speech driven jack like <laughs> I can imagine like just like Jack doing this to every single one of Kim's um, uh, boyfriends, but yeah, conquests, ter- conquests. Thank you, because let's be honest, they are conquests. Because Kim, Kim's sinking with a dick this episode because like Kim, <laughs> yes, Kim's just literally like Dan, where is he? Like you've known this guy, not even Dan. Dan, like- <laughs> this is the same mistake I made last week. She wants Dan as well. She's digging up his body. <laughs> I want his penis. Janet said it was so big. 
Um, <gasps> but no, she's just thinking with the dick this whole episode because she basically has to get the, the mum speech from Terry this episode of, yeah, I know you like this boy, Kim, but right now you've got to be there for family. Uh, it's like, this week on 7th Heaven. Um, <laughs> Jimmy found a joint in his drawer. <gasps> Family meeting. <laughs> Come on, kids, the moral of this story. <laughs> I want 24 redone in a 7th Heaven style show. Um, so, yeah, that, Terry, basically Terry and Kim get lost. That's all you need to know about them yeah. this episode. Terry doesn't follow the creek bed because there's people after them, so she thinks it's smart to go to the road. Jack and Rick end up in the water tank to which they're not there. We get a couple of dammits from Jack. Jack goes looking for them. He tells Rick to stay there and he basically calls up Alberta and is like, hey, so there's been a bit of a problem. Uh, I'm going to go find my family. By the way, there's a kid in this water tank. Don't arrest him. He's a good guy now because reasons. Uh, And I'm going to go do your job. Now, did Alberta not say that they were only just, they were soon, and yet this takes them like 40 minutes to arrive? Like, I can't remember what she said at the end of the last episode. Yet, apparently, it's only going to take them 10 minutes to fly back to CTU at the end oh. of this episode. So, downhill, like going uphill takes longer, but downhill, like it's quicker to get back into LA. Like, did you yeah. follow that sort of time frame that Alberta's no. giving for backup? No, like this is the most inefficient uh, SWAT team or whatever they've dispatched. Like, they, they finally have the location not only of Jack, who is their main suspect, Jack's family, who has been kidnapped, but the likely terrorist. So you have the suspected uh, assassin, likely terrorist. And like, you know what? We'll get to him in an hour. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if if Bin Laden popped up in the middle of Los Angeles, I don't know, the day of 9-11, they'd be like, oh, okay, they're, they're still 56 minutes out. Just hold on. <laughs> he, he's literally standing at the office of CTU going, hello, I'm Osama Bin Laden. I just did 9-11. Yeah. No, 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 wait. Just stand there 50 minutes away. They're, they're, they're on coffee break. They're really busy today. <laughs> There's been this thing happening in New York. Don't know, but don't know if you know about it. Oh, yeah, I did it. Oh, I'm sure you did, mate. There's 20 of you others in the waiting room saying you did it as yeah. well. Just, just wait, all right? Just wait. <laughs> um, but basically this leads to Jack, Stealthy Jack, uh, I love how we just got different <laughs> words for Stealthy Jack talking to Jack. <laughs> These are like the action figures, you know, like uh, uh, Barbie. Uh, like there's there's uh, Beach Time Barbie and <laughs> Beach Time Jack and Lunar Rover Jack, <laughs> Stealthy Jack. He may as well be Beach Time Jack. Do you notice the flowing locks in this episode? Like running, like the blonde hair is just flowing in this episode. Go Jack. I figured you would notice, yeah. Oh, of course I'm going to notice. I, I was getting aroused. Um, <laughs> so Jack's sneaking around. Terry and Kim get lost in a shed of some sort um, to which our diehard uh, henchman finds them, sort of, does this usual like tropey thing when they're looking for people where they see a room, clearly like have plenty of places for people to hide, but no, we won't look in there. But <laughs> will he? Because he goes around the other way. It's literally the only hiding space on this entire compound. I almost want to call him, though, smart, because, like, you do see him, like, two minutes later, snuck around the other side. So maybe this is his way of going, they're clearly in there, so I'm going to go around the other way. Um, Mm -hmm. To which Jack just happens to be there, Terry, get down! (laughs) Pew, 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 pew! Uh, and <laughs> Star Wars all over again. Neil Nagy is dead, and that's not me being racist. His character actually is called Neil Nagy. Um, Jack gets a kill. One of two Jack kills this episode, and this, can I just point out, the last time Jack will kill anyone until the last episode of this season. So Ooh. there's a there's a fun little trivia fact for you. 
Um, so therefore, Jack is going to go on the hunt for gains. He tells Kim and Terry to go to the water. Like, why are you telling Te- Terry and Kim to go to the water tank? They've just wasted like 45 minutes getting lost. <laughs> like, you know, damn it, Terry. I didn't, you know, you didn't listen to me. But uh, I will say Terry and Kim go towards the water tower. Isn't that a song? Go running towards the, the watchtower or something it, like that. It, it is now. Yeah, it is now. Um, Kim and Terry go running towards the water tower. Jack likes taquitos. Damn it. Action Jack. Yeah. Jack in a dress. Watch David Letterman. Um, Milo thought a morning guy. Morning guy. Come, morning guy. <laughs> didn't come in at 5 a.m. to do five. Um, I do love here when they, they're running towards the water tower and the, the helicopter comes there and you've got like random CTU agents. Didn't we talk a couple episodes ago about what are all the other field agents doing on this day? Here they are. Yeah. They've showed up to work at one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> they slept busy, in. Had a busy morning getting Starbucks, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I love it like... Federal agent, drop the weapon. Mrs. Bauer, we're here to rescue you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you shoot an AK-47s at this poor woman and now you're here to rescue her. Kim does a runner. Like, I mean, I want these to be trigger-happy CTU agents. Damn it, girl on the loose. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> oh, we've just killed Kim Bauer. Whoops. Um, Rick's done a runner. Rick's gone to catch the bus. And can we just point out that Los Angeles bus service in uh, 2001 don't care about guys bleeding all over their floor. <laughs> Like, I love how Rick's trying to cover this up and he's clearly, like, dripping blood. There's a trail. I mean, Gaines has been shot in the hand and has got a handkerchief around him and is leaving a blood trail. Rick's basically lost half an ounce of blood and he just sits up on the back. I, I don't know about you. In in Canada, when you catch a bus, do the, like, the young delinquents sit up the back? Is that kind of like their spot that they sit? <laughs> I, I haven't ridden a bus in a very long time. Um, oh, buses are beyond that, uh, you. Yes, exactly. But uh, no, I, I, I think maybe the school bus um, in Winnipeg buses, you just sit wherever there's space because Winnipeg buses get very crowded. So they're probably more likely sitting at the front or standing at the front. We, we have, uh, I guess, Australia's redneck is called the Bogan. Um, and uh, what we at least have. <laughs> we established this. That, that's, that's your hood, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the northern <laughs> You're on the wrong side of the track. Not even joking. The northern suburbs of Hobart are where the Bogans live. <laughs> um, I'm clearly one of them. Uh, if any Australians are listening, I am easily what you would refer to as a Bogan. Of course, I am. Um, well, I can't read. Bogans can't read. So, you know, I've got one up with them. <laughs> Um, so anyway, the, the point of this story is, is that in Hobart, you sit at the back, you have what was called as the backseat bogan. Cause that's where all the bogans would sit and hang out and be childhood delinquents, you know, get up to mischief. <laughs> and, uh, Noah, that racist guy who can't get a date, his beloved band, Fatty Esther, their most famous song, the song that they're best known for was a song called backseat bogans. So, um, <laughs> just subtle plug. To which... Noah was one, right? Yeah, I'm telling you, Snug. You know, you think northern suburbs were tough. You should go to <laughs> go to Snug. But yeah, I love Rick sneaking up the back and getting on the bus. Also, I love how he just throws his money in this thing. Probably covered in blood, but who cares? It's you know, they didn't. This is this is the mean streets of Los Angeles, crime-ridden streets, right? Blood-soaked people getting on buses is normal. You know, yeah. this is only what like eight years removed from the riots. Come on, uh, <laughs> Rodney King, Rodney, <laughs> Rodney King. <laughs> um, 
yeah, also the slight little mistake here when the helicopter's like buzzing around and dropping the CTU agents off, it drops them off and it flies off. And then the next minute we see the helicopter on the ground. So I don't know if you picked that up, Nat. Like it didn't make sense. Uh, meanwhile, I guess the, the whole crux of this whole situation is Jack hunting down Ira. Um, and I love like Jack having a radio. Obviously, like they realize, Ira and Kevin realize that he's been listening in. Should mention that Gaines nuts Kevin. Like he's basically like, this is your fault. Ooh! Like <laughs> Kevin slash Alan York is a little pussy this episode. He gets he gets nutted. He does a runner. Um, he <laughs> wants to leave. Like uh, Drazen's on the phone telling Gaines he's become useful, and basically Gaines comes up with a line like either we kill Bauer or we're dead. Like there's there's no there's nothing else right here. Love Gaines this episode. I mean, Gaines every episode is great, <laughs> but I just kind of like this desperate Gaines right now, where he's like basically if I don't kill Jack, we're dead. Kevin doesn't understand. He's he runs off. He's going off to marry Terry Hatcher and Desperate Housewives. Did we ever talk about Richard <laughs> Berge being uh, Terry yeah, Hatcher's ex husband? Yeah, uh, I think he actually does die in Desperate Housewives from memory. So, um, you know. oh spoiler! Come on, I was just getting ready to start the show from the beginning. <laughs> Can you imagine the alternate universe where Richard Berge was Jack Bauer, maybe Kiefer Sutherland was Alan York, and this would be. Uh, <laughs> Pussy Jack running off. <laughs> um, but I love this sort of cat and mouse sort of, you know, backwards and forth between Gaines and Jack, and then eventually Jack catches up to him. Although at one point there, Gaines is calling up, uh, like he's calling up Neil, like, Neil, give your position. And the other guy, the other henchman who I've written his name down, is it like Mason or um, somebody? Because um, he calls up Maxton. It's Maxton. So he's like, Maxton, Neil, where are your positions? And then eventually Maxton is like, I'm here. Uh, you know, Neil went up here. What happens to Maxton? Like, <laughs> like seriously, this is, I want to know what happens to Maxton. Like, Kevin does a runner. Neil gets shot. Uh, Maxton, he's out there somewhere. Maybe the 24 reboot should be Maxton gets revenge for gains. Like, he's I, the I, other back of the bus bogan next to Rick. <laughs> he gets off, also shot at the back seat. First time. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... Oh, there is a page for Maxton. Here we go. I'm excited. Uh, and I love the picture on 24 Wiki. It's a picture of a long-distance shot of somebody from the back of their head. Um, <laughs> Maxton was one of the hired soldiers working for terrorist mercenary Ira Gaines. Uh, it says here, played by unknown actor. Uh, background information and notes. Because Maxton was not killed by Alexis Drazen during the next hour and because only four casualties were reported at the compound... It is highly likely that Maxton was arrested by Bundy's CTU team. So, so <laughs> Maxton's in the in the cells of CTU. Bundy, who's this? This is. Uh... Don't you just love the the picture of him? Like the best picture they can get for Twenty Four Wiki, essentially is like one of those Bigfoot shots from the seventies. <laughs> yep, yep. And what makes it even better is that Bundy is the head of the CTU LA field unit that rescued Terry and Kim Bauer. So, again, we were talking about these. Let's stop operatives. for coffee on the way. <laughs> it's, it's Bundy. Here he is. And the photo of Bundy is him in the helicopter window with a gun. Uh, and, I, I, and played <laughs> by the, the esteemed Ricardo Antonio Shavira. And I'm sure that's his profile picture on uh, on Facebook. <laughs> um, can, can we get a Hobbs and Shaw style spinoff of Bundy and Maxton? <laughs> Absolutely. Idris Elba is a supervillain. <laughs> I want to see this. Well, Ricardo Antonio Shavira, I joke, he's also been in Desperate Housewives. Um, <laughs> actually, I, now that I see his face, 
Actually, this is actually crazy who he is. He's um prominent in Desperate Housewives. He was Carlos. He's um Evil oh, Carlos. Evil Longoria's husband. And so his role oh. in 24 was Bundy, a masked CTU <laughs> agent who you can never tell. When we when we get actually it's funny with Desperate Housewives in 24. There are actually a lot of actors Prominent actors in Desperate Housewives who will be in 24. So, <laughs> so I, we, we've established that 24 actors, when they're done with 24, they move on to Covert Affairs or Desperate Housewives. Well, well in all seriousness, so the four main actresses in Desperate Housewives, Terry Hatcher, Felicity Huffman, Marsha Cross and Eva Longoria, each, like, until now, I could tell you that each of the main characters, husbands or ex-husbands, were in 24 because I know... <laughs> that um, Felicity Huff- Huffman's husband is in 24 at one point. Uh, I know that Marsha Cross's husband is in it at one point. We've established that Richard Berge, Terry Hatcher's, and now fucking Eva Longoria's husband <laughs> is in it for one episode. What is, like, did, did what's his face? Is it Mark Cherry, the creator? I know you know that all about Desperate Housewives. Mark Cherry sitting down on the casting room of, of, of Desperate Housewives. All right, we've got our four women. We need to find their husbands. I love 24. Get me actors from 24. Okay, Kiva Sutherland. Not Kiva Sutherland, okay. Uh, Richard Berge. Richard, okay, Richard Berge, definitely. Uh, Carlos Bullard. No, 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 he's a Cubs fan. Xander uh, <laughs> Berkeley. No, 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 his wife's a, a terrorist. Maybe. I don't know. That's a spoiler alert. Don't listen to that bit from Ben Waterworth. <laughs> but seriously, I'm like, I'm blown away by this. This is amazing. Wow. Jessica Housewives Oz coming soon to the Oz Network. Um... Jesus. Hosted by Ben Waterworth and nobody else. Yeah, I'd, I'd gladly host that by myself. And Mark Cherry, he hasn't done anything since Desperate Housewives. So, um, but uh, great sequence here between Gaines and Jack. Eventually, Jack gets Gaines, and Jack shoots and kills Gaines. Rip Gaines. Um, yeah. Which is a sad. Like, I, I do. I like how he goes out as well. Like Gaines goes out on his own. Like terms. a man. Like a man. Like. I think if we think about all villains who get killed off in this show, like, you know, they're going to go out in certain ways, ways we expect, ways we don't expect. Ooh. But I, I actually really like the way Gaines goes out. Like, to the end, Gaines is for the job. And basically, mm-hmm. he he tries to shoot Jack and he dies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to eulogise Gaines by saying that I love Gaines. Gaines I think we've established that... Gaines is a severely underrated villain of 24, mm-hmm. one that, you know, probably by season five, six, we're not going to talk about much. But at the end of our, you know, multi-year coverage of 24, I want to try and bookmark this moment in our memories if we ever rank the villains of 24. Like, Gaines, <laughs> Gaines is up there. Like, he's yeah. Gaines is a badass. Gaines is just evil. He's like, fun. He's fun. He's, like, he's got these, like, one-liners. Like, you believe this guy will kill you. And yeah. He goes out in a badass way, like, and it's it's actually really sad that uh, the actor who plays him is dead. Uh, I would really like he'd be one that would be so good to get on the show. Michael Massey, mm-hmm. uh, sadly no longer with us, but um, yeah, I mean I've wrapped up all the Jack stuff. Uh, actually, the the one Jack thing that I will say, uh, according to the Twenty Four Guide, uh, it's another costume related uh, fact this week. We had the uh, the shirt last week with Rick apparently. Uh, it's a Kim-related one, an Alicia Cuthbert one, that they realise that when they had her kidnapped, she was wearing high heels. She couldn't run through <laughs> the forest in high heels. So they basically had to design a pair of sneakers with an outside that looked like a, um, a high heel so that Alicia Cuthbert could run in them. 
apparently. Uh, and apparently the costume uh, supervisor, Jean Rozon, or Jean Rozon, I don't know, maybe she's he or she's not French, uh, said some of the fans noticed, but all you need is for the actress to twist an ankle and she would have been out. So that's why they did it. So um, there you go. And also another bit. I'll say here too, Leslie Hope admits when they were in the helicopter and she was hugging Kiefer and whispering in his ear during the scene, she was making off-colour comments in an attempt to crack him up. She also reveals that Alicia Cuthbert has a fear of helicopters. So the girl they were clutching as Kim was actually a stand-in. I actually was wondering what was Terry uh, whispering to Jack at that moment, like, I'm going to get you home and I'm going to tie you up and I'm going to make you finish that chess game. But Leslie Hope's there probably saying like, racist things like hey Kiefer I hate Australians and like ever the professional Kiefer Sutherland's like mm, Australians they're stupid <laughs> um, but yeah I mean talk about it eulogize gains eulogize stand in for Kim Bauer in helicopter here uh, so the the jack stuff gains aside the jack stuff I feel like if we had not had last week's episode I would have loved this episode, but we sort of had the brief 10 minutes of action last week. And then we had about 30 minutes of much slower action this week with nothing really happened. Like it's just sort of hide out and wait while Jack sneaks around. Um, and if this had been the first time we saw that fine, but it's just, it, it feels like overkill after last week, which is why I think I'm not that crazy about it. Even though this would be an exciting episode. Otherwise uh, the, uh, <laughs> Kim's attachment to Rick makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like your life is in jeopardy. Like, I don't care, you know, how much you want to bang this guy, how much you want to, I don't know, compare, you know, dick size with Dan. Uh, (laughs) But there is no way that this terrified girl throughout this season, who's gone through everything she has is like, no, we're going to go back and wait for Rick. Like, six hours ago he was trying to kill you and breaking your friend's arm and then shooting her up with heroin like it doesn't make any sense that she was suddenly just double back Janet's basically dead because exactly fuck it because i want to get laid in a couple of hours yeah and if this were janet i think i'd buy it more you know nice that somebody cares about rick's character because jack certainly doesn't um speaking of rick you know i had to look it up but i thought this was the end of rick's story but it's not we're gonna get oh, more God rick no. we get you and think, i always you think kim's attachment to rick is big here like <laughs> kim goes to jail because of rick colin yeah like, well see on. and i remember i remember kim in jail but i didn't remember rick having anything to do with my my memory was maybe i was thinking of the end of this season being rick sneaking away on a bus because that's that's one of the th- one things i really like about this episode as absurd as it is of him just dripping blood sneaking on the bus it's the fact that you know th- this guy he's going to go to jail it makes sense so it's it would be such a, a appropriate ending to his character i kind of wish they had just had this be the ending to his character yeah. or save this moment for the end of the season just to you know give rick a nice send-off we love you rick you're yeah. a better daniel best Dan. you're the best baby you're the best you're the best around <laughs> nothing's gonna <laughs> ever keep you down <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I guarantee you that's his um his show his room well, no, well, that too, but like his show reel, like when he tries to, you know, I, I will say right now, can I just quickly jump in? Because what's probably going to be really weird is that we, at the time of recording this, we've actually spoken with Daniel Best and we're 
trying to get him on the show. At the time of this being released, we've probably already had him yeah. on the show. So you've probably already heard us doing this and talking to him about it. Some people are kind of like, this makes no sense. The Oz Network's continuity never makes sense. <laughs> but I'm just spoiling it now by saying that we're recording this well in advance of this being released and we're talking to him at the time. So hopefully those conversations have gone well and we've interviewed him and it's already been aired. Otherwise, we're making a ninny of ourselves right now and he started ignoring us. He went on a bus and never talked to us again. But let's just say, yeah. at the time we recorded this, <laughs> I've had email exchanges with Daniel Bess. Oh, and he is the best around. He's actually <laughs> a genuinely nice that. guy. So, uh, and he's yeah. very keen to come on the show as of right now. So hopefully that has already happened. Yeah. And if it hasn't happened, we want you to email Daniel Bess <laughs> and tell him to come on the show and ask why he ignored us for three months. His email address is, you're the best, the best, nothing's going to stop you now, at hotmail.com. <laughs> Let's All register that and just see if any emails come through. <laughs> Somebody's got that email address. I'm guaranteeing it right now. Uh, yeah, nothing really to say about Terry and Kim. Um, I, again, I don't mind them in this episode. They're sort of just hiding out in a water tower, like you said. Uh, they get a few nice little moments, but uh, the, the helicopter, interesting trivia. I'd like to go back and watch that now. I'd also like to see her shoes. I thought you were going to talk about her shirt because I swear there were several parts of this episode where I thought her shirt was going to fall right off. Like when she when she's running, the shirt's like up to her armpits. Like it, talk about costumes that maybe they didn't think, oh, we didn't think she'd have to run this. At least in this case, they were okay with that. No need to uh, improvise and change the wardrobe. I, I'm telling you now, this episode took me back to as a 14-year-old watching this episode and I actually realized like holy crap I had a massive crush on Alicia Cut. I I we used to have and I'm sure you had it in Canada you'd have those like teenage magazines where it was like yeah not those types of magazines Colin of you know they're, they're ones I, I buy now but as a teenager you would buy like the we, they were called TV hits and smash hits right like celebrity <laughs> posters and that and I, you know, when 24 was big, like I had on my wall, like there was a, a, a cast picture. I think I had like a Jack Bauer, a Ter- I even had Terry on my wall, Nina. I had them all on my wall. But like the biggest one I had was an Alicia Cuthbert one because she, you know, was always in this magazine and he's a poster of Alicia Cuthbert. And her in this outfit, I'm like, oh, 14-year-old Ben <laughs> liked this outfit for half of this season. Um, so... Yes. I, and I've got to say, like, Alicia Cuthbert still, to this day, an incredibly attractive woman and good for her. Like, she's she's doing well for herself, marrying NHL players and all that sort of stuff. Husband, very attractive as well. Again, equal opportunity, mm-hmm. perv. But got to say, she looks the best in this season. And I'm not just saying that because she's young. I mean, I think she was still, like, what, 19, 20 in this season, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. I don't think she was, like, 16. But um, And it's like, is she legal? Is she legal? Oh, she's 14. <laughs> Oh well, I was, I was, I was, um, you know, she's older than me. Let's just point it that out. Um, nineteen eighty-two, so she was twenty-one. No, nineteen. No, she was nineteen. Yeah, nineteen, and she's from Calgary, so good for her. Yeah, very anybody from Calgary, good for you. Yeah, uh, but um, you know, like to be honest, I think that her character bothered me so much more before I learned to appreciate her as an actress outside of twenty-four. And I did say several times now that season three is actually my favorite Kim that we get. But at this time, watching season one, like maybe it was just the thing about being so sick of teenagers on these shows. You, you, if you want to watch teenagers, you watch Seventh Heaven. You know, if you want to watch you know, a, a show like Twenty Four, you watch because you want to see men and you want to see tough women. You don't want to see teenage girls who are whining because they want to get laid. Uh, but do. now that now that I've learned to appreciate her, and, and especially as a comedic actress, like. I can't say this enough. If nobody has seen the show Happy Endings, watch it. She is the least funny person on that show, and she is still absolutely hysterical. And she uh, she's made a couple cameo appearances 
in uh i don't know if you're you're familiar with the singer if you're living in canada you're gonna be eventually the singer jan arden i've heard the name imagine you know 90s version of adele uh canadian 90s version of adrell i mean she was huge like enormous one of the biggest basically there was alanis morissette and jan arden sorry adele's lost Uh, she's lost some weight now she's i'm gonna stand up for adele she She lost weight oh i was thought you're talking about jan arden i have to jump in there for a second she's also lost weight she has lost weight yes uh but jan arden who is a singer imagine somebody who sings music like adele who ends up getting a sitcom, like a really ridiculous sitcom, because she is legitimately Reba. probably the, she is, the, well, Reba, there's an example, but like Jan Arden, like should be a stand-up comedian. So anyways, Jan Arden has a sitcom where she plays a, a fictional version of herself. And Alicia Cuthbert plays the neighbor of her sister that's always trying to steal her sister's husband. Uh, and again, she's so funny. Like I watching this, I just don't, maybe she's just not as good of a dramatic actress. I think she was just born for comedy, but I, I'm not as annoyed by her knowing that she went on to do some some decent stuff. Does Alicia Cuthbert literally just always play the girl next door? I know she was in the yes! movie, the girl next yes. door, but she's, I, I, the only thing I've really seen her, and it, was that the same show? She did another show, which I feel got quite popular for a while, and it was a comedy. And I don't. Well, think happy it was, endings. Was it was it happy endings? Um, yeah. So it was that. But um, Mallory watches that Netflix show with Ashton Kutcher in it. Um, oh the ranch, yeah, sure. The ranch. She's on that now too. Yeah, and I like I you know no, nothing I really pay attention to because it's sort of not really up my alley. But one time I was watching it and I saw her. I'm like, oh my god, this Alicia Cuthbert, it's Kim. <laughs> um, and like she was looking incredible. And like from what I saw, like yeah, she was pretty good. And I think I did see the girl next door. Wasn't she in like a horror movie as well? Was she in that Paris the, Hilton House of Wax? Was she in that? Or am I thinking? I don't know if else? she was in that one. I know that she did one where she played the crazy girl next door. Uh, mm. I can't remember what it was called. I don't think I ever watched it all the way through. She, she I mean, she's definitely like the thing I always respect about Alicia Cuthbert is that like, you know, you always look up these videos of what happened to Alicia Cuthbert because I mean, she did get very big after this show. Like, yeah. this, you know, really, she was. You got to say the breakout star of Twenty Four. It was Alicia Cuthbert, and I'm sure she kind of expected that. Like that was kind of what they hoped for. But she's kind of remained, I guess, working and in the spotlight and. Without, I guess, going over, it's, it's, I mean, this is a weird comparison. She kind of reminds me of someone like a Rachel Bilson in the fact that became mm. huge overnight. Uh, and then people always say now, like, whatever happened to them? But they've remained working. They're steadily you yeah. know, involved. They, they got a pretty prominent husband. Um, and yet, <laughs> but, they, but they don't live off that. I mean, you compare it to other people at the time, like a Misha Barton. There's a name that hasn't been mentioned since 2005. Um, you know, Lindsay Lohan, these people who were the, the big ones, but then have just kind yeah. of failed miserably. And now it's always literally what happened to Misha Barton. And I like Misha Barton. Like, sorry, Misha Barton, that your career has gone to shit. But, you know, but Marissa the, the, was always a shit character on the OC. It's weird that in an episode where we're just making fun of Kim, we're basically jumping to her fence. We're jumping to her fence for a reason because well, like, yeah. in, in the case of her, especially, I mean, again, you haven't seen happy endings, but I would compare her to be like the Canadian Chris Hemsworth. You know, she she tried for a long time to be a dramatic actress or to do more serious roles. And there were so many other people out there who were going to do that and do that better. And somehow she had this knack for comedy that she probably didn't even realize. And now has just made that her career. And she's really good at it. And I think, well, I think it's also important too, is like, cause I mean, it's, it's fun to shit on Kim in, in 24, because like you look at any, I've, I've looked at lots of like, you know, nostalgic reviews of 24 and, Oh, remember 24, let's rank the season. Let's go back and talk about 24 and all of them shit on Kim. Like, oh, Kim's yeah. the worst. And like, 
Again, season two, Kim, I'm going to find very little to defend about it. There's parts of this season still to come, which I'm like, oh my God, this season is annoying for Kim. <laughs> and like, don't get me started on Terry. Like, it's hard to defend these. But at the end of the day, it's not the actress's fault. Like, I'm not yeah. going to hate on Alicia Cuthbert. I'm not going to hate on Leslie Hope. Like, these are people who are just playing a character based on the words on a script. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've never disliked Kim as a character. I get annoyed with Kim as a character. But I've always admired Alicia Cuthbert. And again, it's similar to any show that I love and rank highly. You see an actor from a show you love, you get excited. So, yeah. And you know what? Ben's point, out. Alicia Cuthbert, (laughs) Daniel Bess, if either of you ever happen to, you know, divorce your spouses, find each other again because you make such a good couple. Yeah, and I'm telling you now, Alicia Cuthbert's probably going to listen to this and go, yeah, I don't need to be married to an NHL (laughs) legend. Uh, Daniel Bess is still up there. Daniel Bess? (laughs) Wow. Um, he's the best. The best. <laughs> Nothing's got to stop him now. Why do we keep bringing uh, that I, I song was, up? <laughs> you brought it up, I think, last week. I can't even remember. It might have been point on this break. last week. No, complete... it was Point Break. Point Break, yeah. 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 That was months ago, Oh, that ago, was last Colin. week? Months. Whoa. <laughs> Where has time gone? Um, the, really, the only other thing I want to add about Jack's story is, is the showdown with Gaines, which is amazing. Uh, we get the the mention of, uh, you know, Belgrade. Why did, why did he say that? <laughs> Belgrade. Why did he say that? Why is that name? I, I love the way they go back and forth where it, it, it's it's comical. It's, it's such a Gaines thing to do. It's like, I don't know. You tell me. No, you tell me. <laughs> it just goes <laughs> on like that for a while. Uh, but this is, you know, the ultimate showdown of the villain from Jack's point of view and Jack. And it's funny that, you know, you. I think so much throughout the season, we're, we're been a little bit critical of the character Jack Bauer that he's just seems to have a low priority for an assassination attempt in his job. because like, I got to rescue my family, which I'm sure anybody would in that situation. But when it comes down to it here, he's like, you know, my family's safe now, this guy, I'm not just going to choke him just because he's, he's not some, some poor brother of a cancer patient in a hospital or <laughs> Rick, you know, he offers him. It's like, I'll, I'll make sure that you're taken care of. And it, I think that's the one thing that's very important leading into the next half of the season. Cause really in this episode, there is nothing that actually says to the audience, this show is going to continue next week. This plays mm. 100% like a finale, which you wouldn't think it would. I mean, it doesn't even end with, like you said, future seasons, you'd have that mid season and then, Oh, well, here's the tease. Something's still to come. There's nothing. This could have been a finale, but that one moment is so important of Jack saying, you know what? I'll take care of you. You know, we'll give you immunity or whatever. Just tell me what you know. Because that's the only thing that's going to set up Jack getting back to be a field agent. He has spent 13 hours here being man trying to save his family, being Liam Neeson. He's got to get back to being Jack Bauer after that. And without that one line, I don't know if it would have been as plausible next week. And the, and the, you're right. Absolutely right. And like even if like right now you would go back and watch the very first episode of this season and just go back to Jack at the beginning of his day. He's got a phone call. Oh, there's going to be an assassination attempt against David Palmer. And that that's it. Like. It's just it's that snowball effect of everything that's happened. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a very good point. And like also when they're in the helicopter, and you know uh, Leslie Hope's being dirty to keep a Sutherland, and you got random <laughs> blonde standing. Um, just the music, the Sean Callery theme there. It's kind of very conclusionary, isn't it? It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's soft. It's kind of you know like oh this is the end of the day. And wh- one thing actually that I will say about Jack's character, which I don't know if I've noticed until now, he makes a lot of promises he never goes through with. Like he's like I'm never <laughs> going to leave you again. You're safe now. Uh, what did he say earlier to Terry in the hospital? I'm never leaving you again. Like we should have really been tracking the promises that Jack makes that he doesn't keep. So um, just pointing that out. What have you just said for the next thirteen hours? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're up to 12 dammits, by the way. I think we got four dammits from Jack in this episode. So uh, 
tracking on well with the damn account. Literally, the rest of this episode, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Um, <laughs> the Palmer drama. Um, can we just start off with Palmer in the sulky Palmer, slouched yeah. in his chair. Um, I, I don't know. It's like Stealth Jack, Sulky Palmer. Well, well, I don't know if Dennis Haysbert had a cold or maybe he was a smoker <laughs> and he just didn't clear a smoke. Because the whole opening of this episode is like, Mike, I'm so upset. Farragamo is like, he's got a really raspy voice. I don't know if you picked up on that. Uh, me, I, you could explain it. I don't know what I never picked up on it, but you could explain it away as like he's been up for, I don't know, 36 hours at this point. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yep, Palmer drama excused again. Um, but <laughs> the, the back and forth between him and Mike talking about Farragamo being murdered. Um, he gets back to the hotel. I love it. I love Mike here when basically Palmer doesn't want to tell Sherry, and Mike's like, She's your wife. You know, you yeah. should tell. Again, Mike is so right in this episode. Mike is, yeah. you know, 100% right. Palmer's basically like, I'm going to get the DA up here. We're going to, you know, prove this is a murder and, you know, life will be great. Um, because, again, Palmer's not thinking. Um, I actually really like Dennis Haysbert in this episode because we kind of have this sort of circle of just Palmer, desperate Palmer, wanting to, you know, fix everything, doing the righteous thing. And then kind of by the end of this episode, I think he finally gets it. You know, he finally gets it with his great line of, I'm running for president and I'm going to win. Um that's his Godfather moment. It is, yeah. Well, he basically goes back, tells Sherry, "Hello, Sherry, missed you for a whole episode." Um, Sherry, of course, is all you know, still speaking sense, and this is what you got to do. Um, what's his face shows up. Um, uh, why have I gone blank on his name? Um, <laughs> Carl. Uh, Carl, thank you. Carl shows up, <laughs> and he basically says he basically all but admits that Farragamo was murdered, and uh oh, there's been some evidence left behind that maybe Keith did it and and then aggressive Palmer basically pins him against the wall. Um, but like, I mean, there's not much to it. Essentially it all borders down to Palmer's going to do the right thing and go to the DA to get all of this, you know, out in the open. Oh, he, he sees Maureen Kingsley as well. We should mention that. And mm-hmm. Maureen's left the network. Oh no, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to tune in to CNN and see Maureen Kingsley. Oh no. Damn it. Um, and basically it all borders down to Palmer doing the right thing, but then he gets threatened and it's finally one threat too many and you feel that he's completely backed into a corner now because um, he's running for president. Damn it, I'm going to win. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of gelling over it quickly, but I feel like there's nothing more to it. We get Sherry back. No. Um, Maureen's left the network. No. Uh, and we get sort of... Firm and Godfather Palmer, which I I do like. I li- Firm Palmer. The, the thing I like about Palmer is that, like, yes, he's noble. Yes, he's like, well, he's a politician you all want. But when he needs to, like, he can be firm and fair. And like, you're going to get some badass Palmer. This isn't badass Palmer. This is backed into a corner Palmer. But mm-hmm. I think he finally gets it. It's finally gets it, Palmer. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should mention too, you're talking about appreciating the, the shirt riding up on Alicia Cuthbert, uh, Sherry Palmer sort of stretched out on the, the, whatever that thing is just seductively posing too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's something the 30 something's been in Colin appreciate there. <laughs> Penny Johnson, Gerald. Yes. Ooh, wonderful. What a woman. Um, but, wonderful. Uh, the- <laughs> I never done it for a second. Wonderful. <laughs> Wow, C-3PO coming out this episode. It's been a while. We've always waited for C-3PO to come out, but uh, there it is. You know, the individual scenes, nothing much to talk about. Like you said, uh, uh, De- uh, Dennis Haysbert's performance is great, but um, 
<laughs> we've gone so much into this. Palmer is the bad guy in this story <laughs> that I've soured so much on his character that I think we needed this moment of him, you know, say I'm running for president or whatever, like, like the Godfather moment. We needed firm Palmer and Godfather Palmer, not silky Palmer. <laughs> uh, but let's be honest here. He's upset that Farragut, if this actually ever goes to court, like if, if this ever got out, forget about Keith, if this ever got out, oh, this death where there was a cover up. Palmer himself is going to jail. Okay, mm. so he is the man most responsible for Ferragamo dying. Did he pull the trigger? No, but he was repeatedly told, don't talk to this man, don't do anything, don't drag this out. And he forced his hand, which forced somebody else's hand. He is responsible for Ferragamo's death. Uh, so he's a murderer now too. Phone records would show that uh, clearly, you know, he called him like five yeah. minutes before he'd burnt to death. So, yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. But and what what evidence can they leave behind? Like, I do love in these shows when you got these <laughs> shady organisations where like they can do anything. And I get it, that's the cool thing, right? And I'm I'm sure yeah. if the Illuminati are listening to this, I'm going to be put up for murder in a week to prove that this is real. But like, <laughs> what what do they do? I mean, like I was going to say, do they leave a bit of Keith's hair. Keith's bald. Like, what evidence is it, Keith? <laughs> Keith is there. Well, like, he's not bald everywhere. <laughs> well, true. Do they leave a TV guide behind and somebody goes, damn it, Keith likes the tube. He's a TV guide. <laughs> Clearly, Keith did this. Like, I, I don't know what evidence they can leave behind. Um, but good on Palmer for growing some balls. Uh, so the only other stuff happening this episode is the CTU drama. <laughs> uh, Nina and Tony are going to bone a lot afterwards. Yep. No, they have lunch. They do. They do. Thanks for pointing that out. They have food. This, this yeah. is. This, do you remember when Twenty Four was like out, and everyone would be like, "Oh, you never see them go to the toilet. You never see them yeah. eat. Like you never see. Like they would always have these excuses. So every now and then you'd throw in like a character coming out of the bathroom with that. But I do love here Nina and Tony have a sandwich, <laughs> and it's actually during lunch hour, which is even better. <laughs> I, I want. I want to see like the the deleted kitchen scene of them in the kitchen, like chopping up some cheese, or like, is this pre-made sandwich? <laughs> like, is there a cafeteria at Twenty? At, at 20- yeah, exactly. You know. uh, I think I'll have the roast beef. No, 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 no. Tuna melt, tuna melt. Yeah, I had that yesterday, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> Alberta's on board. She's, you know, oh, I'm going to bring in bloody guy from Desperate Housewives. But I guess the, the, the main thing here, which leads to, I guess, our, you know, cliffhanger, is Jamie's mum has showed up because, yeah, and again, the timeline here, like, Jamie died, what, like three hours ago, four hours ago? So are we led to believe that in that space of time, so they, they, they call up Jamie's mother, it's like, hey, Mrs. Farrell, we're so sorry to let you know, but your daughter is dead. Ah, oh, boo-hoo. Like, is she going to go to the hospital, go, that's my daughter, all right, better go to her place of work and collect her belongings. Like, is that the <laughs> first thing that you jump to? Like, you're going to call well, other family. You're going to, like, go get – like, I know her son's there, but, like, at the same time – I was going to say I was drifting in and out, but did they not say, well, he, she's here to pick up the son? But, like, she's there, but, like, why is she clearing her office at the same time? Like, surely that's a case Is she of, allowed to? Like, give me her – The crime exactly, scene. It's evidence. Like, yeah. It's, it just seems so quick. Like, do this at, like, our, you know, the fourth hour behind the day. I know they've got to get information out of her, but I don't know. Like, again, 24, suspend disbelief on the real-time aspect. But she's there, basically, and they're going to question her because they've found a $300,000 deposit into her bank account from Jamie, to which we don't actually find out what she says, but she basically gives information that leads them to a bank account in Belgrade, 
why did you say that name? Um, <laughs> and that then leads Nina to find out that another assassin has arrived and is ready to go. Which, again, like, how do they know this is an assassin? Like, does does Alexis basically have it on, like, a, a MySpace page or whatever you had in 2001? <laughs> like, hi, Alexis Drazen, assassin. Um, like, it took them forever. Slash handsome. <laughs> Handsome, exactly. He's very handsome. Like, it, it took him a while to work out that the photographer guy was connected. This is immediate. Bank account, assassin, boom. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the the plot hole here. So, Nina says, we've just w- found out word that an assassin from Belgrade uh, left Belgrade this morning and is, is arriving, which means he will be here right now. And we see Alexis in his, you know, sexy shades, long hair, driving out. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Like, ooh, here comes the assassin. That's how I think. I looked it up. It's 15 hours from Belgrade to Los Angeles. <laughs> We're not even 15 episodes into this episode. So even if he left at like midnight, he's still coming. And like, okay, there's a time difference. But Nina says he left Belgrade this morning. He doesn't say he left Belgrade Belgrade time this morning. Like, because I get it, Belgrade's ahead. But like, they have fast planes from Yugoslavia in 2000. And Yugoslavia, this is, this is yeah. why Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore because they, they couldn't keep up with their fast planes. Oh, we're going to call ourselves Serbia now. Like, we can't do it anymore. So, um, I mean, their, their jets are fueled on sex appeal yeah. over there. Oh. That's how it works. Dripping <laughs> with sex appeal. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, that's the plot twist. because he, And we don't know he's a Drazen yet. I'm spoiling it. This is a Drazen. Um, so, yeah, that's our plot twist, that sexy photographer man. <laughs> He's not even a photographer. Sexy Drazen Man. Sexy Drazen Man. That's a song. <laughs> we got a lot of songs. We got the 24 soundtrack worked out. I do. But, um, yeah, so not a lot happening in the world of 24. But Jamie's mum can get over Jamie dying pretty quickly. And um, Sexy Drazen is ready to go. Yeah, it's a boring hour. Um, I, I, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, what has little boy Jamie Farrell's son, what's his name again? Kyle. Kyle, what has little Kyle been up to since getting here? And then I realized we've been talking for a few hours about where's Milo? Uh, did they basically tell Milo you got to babysit him? <laughs> that Maybe. would explain where Milo went. Didn't come in five a.m. to babysit child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Milo's around. Milo does come back, so we get some more Milo. Oh, I know, but he comes back after Kyle's picked up. Suspicious. Interesting. Or, or is Milo like, uh, hmm, should they be looking into his background? Why is he hanging out oh. with kids? <laughs> Ben, just because you read those magazines doesn't mean that Eric Belfour does. I didn't say Uh, Eric Belfour. I said Milo. Don't put me (laughs) under the bus, Colin Hildy. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Only thing to add here is I don't know if you read this trivia on um, Jamie's mom's character. I did not. uh, Please enlighten me on Jamie's mom's character. She's referred to as Mrs. Vasquez uh, in the show here. Right. Well, no, but this is the interesting thing. In the original script, she was called Erica Farrell. They changed it to Mrs. Vasquez. I guess they wanted to, you know, show, oh, there is uh, there is some, you know, Hispanic blood in Jamie, which we all suspected anyways. They changed it in the show, but the screen credit is still credited to Erica Farrell. So however late they changed it, they didn't get word to the people who do the credits up for Jell and Jowl Cerno. Uh, they've got <laughs> well, the wrong name say, here. They're Jill and Jowl Cerno. Like, they can't yeah, exactly... like, can, can we go back to episode one and see if it lists special guest star, uh, what was his name, Andre... Uh, yeah. Uh, Andrew Andrew Geller. Yep. <laughs> Carlos yep. Bernard is Andrew Geller. Also, I do love, like, if you look at Kyle Farrell on Week 24 Wiki, they've just got, again, like, a blurry photo of him on the desk. <laughs> 
It's almost as funny. I, I know on our lost coverage when um, one of the, the, I can't remember which one, the one that drowns in the water that Boone can't save, the only photo of her is mm. like a burnt photo of her from a passport. <laughs> she looks like an alien. It's hilarious. Um, so, yeah. But um, did, did Jamie, as in your Jamie, not uh, killed herself Jamie, watch this um, and think, oh, Alexi Drazen, he's sexy. No, she didn't see this one. Um, I'll, I'll get her opinion next week, though, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's already hearing you and Googling it. <laughs> Just hearing well, you say the words, Jamie, man, sexy. <laughs> well, we do know that poor woman's Michelle Dessler is going to sleep with him in this season. So, uh, well, already yeah. is boning because, <laughs> you know, she just comes out of nowhere. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think I have anything else to add. As I said, this is the last episode that Jack kills anyone until the finale. So, apparently you can see a crew member uh, clearly on the left of screen facing Alicia They Cuthbert. got a real problem with that. Yeah. Stephen Hopkins getting lazy. I know. Come on, Stephen Hopkins. What's going on? Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add if, unless you do. Uh, I mean, what are we doing with this episode? I'm, I'm jumping. I'm going to say I'm renting this. It's it's not a bad episode, yeah. but it's you're not going to remember this episode anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah, it's totally a renter. Uh, again, I think this would be viable if it had been one episode combined with the last one or if we had just not had the last episode. Um, as far as my rankings go... I've got this one at number nine out of 13. Number nine. Um, number nine. Yeah, I have it at number 10 out of 13. So this is my highest rent. This is my fourth rent. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, look, again, it's it's not a bad episode, but it's not a brilliant episode. So um, they tried. They, they did their best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all you can hope for. And, uh, yeah, 24. Uh, next week. Um, it's over because they've been rescued. Nothing else is going to happen from this, from this point on. It's uh, that's it. They're... Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, Terry's <laughs> memory lapses coming still though. Oh. How far away are we from that? No, I think we're still a few episodes away from that. Ja- Jack's Jack's in a holding cell. Uh, we get some Alexi. We get some Kevin. Uh, I think next week, if I'm not mistaken, is this where Palmer basically says it is that the Palmer and Jack. So Palmer, we get a lot more of the background between why this is even an assassination attempt and Jack's connection. Mm-hmm. So uh, Palmer and Jack, which is going to be good in a couple of episodes time. Uh, we'll get some of that uh, next week. I think that's a cliffhanger next week. Palmer and Jack. Uh, I think we meet Chappelle yeah. for the first time next week. As we well. do. Yeah. So uh, that's always a good thing. Um and badass Alexis Drazen Terry gets an ultrasound next week, which is good. <laughs> so um, find out where those cramps are coming from. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you can tell they're stretching for some content in the next few weeks, but um, yeah, good, good, good for them. But uh, that's next week. In the meantime, do all that stuff that you're going to hear from at the end as well. And can I just point out as well again? Just we've we've dated this by saying that we've recorded this many months in advance. Um, if at the time that we've released this, we've got a Patreon, sign up to it. Uh, we Please may have do. spent the last 12 episodes never mentioning it. Um, <laughs> but there's probably even an ad at the beginning and end of this episode saying sign up to our Patreon. But yeah. if you're a Patreon, somebody signed up, thanks for signing up. If <laughs> we're like five months in and it's like 007 and no one's signed up, then thanks for not signing up. I don't know. Um, I can't predict the future, people, okay? Like, who knows? Who knows what's happening? Uh, My name is Ben, and I'm running for the closing of this episode. Colin, and I'm going to win.
and my name is Stealthy Colin. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.